David Baumke with the Fulcrum Group. First of all, thank you for the reference to the late Jim Rogers. He provided a great deal of leadership for this industry and these questions going forward. Secondly, because I am old, I was re remembering, as we often do, 50 years ago, almost, the fall of 1970, I entered, high, entered college, and the national debate question that year was resolved, national wage and price caps should, should not be implemented. I learned during the following year, I am not a public speaker, you can attest to that, I am not an effective debater, and I am sure as heck not an economist. <laughs> but I do recall one lesson that was shared in our preparation for that. One of the speakers on this perspective said, if you think in terms of economic controls like a balloon, you squeeze it here, it doesn't go away, it goes out over there. And my concern, back up one more time, I often say anyone can be born in New York, but I am a born New Yorker, having been born elsewhere. I am extraordinarily proud of the leadership New York City and New York State are providing on this topic. I am not sure that everyone in the room is persuaded of the urgency of this issue, and I know most of that urgency will be after I'm gone, but I believe it's the right thing to do. In context, how do you relate these issues, this mobility, in the global perspective so we're not just blowing smoke or air out someplace else? If we do everything in New York, it's a drop in the bucket when it talks about carbon control. Unless we engage every state, the federal government, people around the world, consumers, the ratepayers, people who use it with or without knowledge, how do we get the goals we want without driving people to take their gas-guzzling, carbon-rich lifestyles to New Jersey or Texas? Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Well, that's a very relevant and timely question coming as it does during the UN conference. And I'm not sure, I'll have to think through the balloon analogy, uh, in part because uh, as a result of efforts by people like Jerry Brown and Mike Bloomberg, and now Governor of New York and Dale, there are certain parts of the balloon that are actually shrinking. <laughs> uh, whatever progress we've made on this issue has been at the state level. And I am delighted that New York has now almost moved to the front of the pack in leading states and cities. So I think because of the fact that states are often the laboratory of technological progress, and because of the fact that we absolutely have to do something to show the rest of the world that we really give a damn and try to recapture the leadership position we had uh, a few years ago on this issue, we just have to keep trying at the state level to do the very best we can. Uh, even acknowledging that we could put all of our states together and it won't make a hell of a lot of difference if Australia keeps shipping millions and millions of tons of coal to India for use in coal plants there. And if the Chinese open a new coal plant for everyone they close, it was that feeling that we were 
getting globally shafted, which made it so terribly difficult to get any traction behind the Kyoto Agreement. Gore and Clinton both acknowledged that fact. Uh, and the opponents of doing anything meaningful climate change were able to use inaction abroad to justify inaction here. But I think morally, despite all the obstacles worldwide and despite the truth of what you were essentially saying, that the atmosphere doesn't really care where the CO2 comes from. Despite all of that, I think we are obliged to keep going forward as best we can as a nation and state level. That's my spiel. That's maybe my editorial this week. <laughs> I'm looking for something to write. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll add a few um, ideas for your consideration. Um, so uh, you touched on a bunch of things, David, and thank you so much for that question. The, you know, there's the issue of leakage. You know, we're going to have our, our, we're going to be on a missions trajectory like that. We can't just be outsourcing to the neighboring states. So that's in the legislation. That's always been on our minds. It would be so stupid if we did that. But, you know, how do we make sure that we're not doing that? So I think there are, you know, we have learned a lot in policy design through things like Reggie, how to avoid like direct leakage to another state. But to me, the much bigger question is the other part of like, how do we get all of the states? And we have the US Climate Alliance. We were all just together a couple of weeks ago. It is such an amazing group. There's 25 governors now. There is so much that we can be doing to um, learn from and leverage um, one another, not just sue uh, the Trump administration when they illegally try to roll back either our rights or um, policies that are uh, um, you know, well legally established, but also just racing to the top with one another and learning from whoever is doing the most advanced um, policy on, you know, in any of the things that we're talking about. But not just those states, you know, look at the map of where the renewable resources are now. It's full of red states because that's their economic development pathway. That's where the wind is and they know it and they are building that, those resources. Same with energy efficiency. Same, it's going to be the same with electric vehicles. And I think the whole um, natural and working lands, the ag and forestry sector is another area where we will see a lot of not um, U.S. Climate Alliance member states, maybe not acting for climate reasons, but doing many of the same clean energy and smart climate policies that we will be working on together so that we're achieving these goals much more than a handful of states that are willing to, you know, and going full, full speed ahead, but getting a constituency for all of our stuff in a much broader set of areas. And those, are pe those people will want congressional delegations that are meeting their needs, that are addressing those new businesses in those states. And I think there's a corollary to that at the international level, where it's not about um, are we going to sacrifice our economy because we're climate martyrs, but are they're eating our lunch because they're out there ahead, whether it's the Chinese on electric vehicles or the Danes and the Norwegians in offshore wind. Like, we want to be first. We want to own those markets globally, and we're losing to them because we're having this stupid political fight instead of putting our all of our shoulders to the wheel. Again, even if you only want to do these things 
things for economic development and job creation reasons. There is so much that we could be working on together that we are not doing as much as I think there's the potential to and that you will see in your lifetime. <laughs>